Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. Oh gosh, Marjorie, this is a good topic today. This is very intense. It is very intense, so hold on, people. It's pre-mom, post-mom, okay? Who you were pre-motherhood, who you were post-motherhood. And you are now. Shockingly, they're two different people. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they try to collide against each other. And the the interesting thing about this is this this topic was inspired by a post by a friend of ours, Stephanie March. On Instagram, there was a picture of her mother, and then she wrote a little something about her mother. And it just got me thinking, which is why we're talking to her this morning. Oh, I love it. Let's bring in Stephanie March, shall we? So Stephanie is the food and dining editor at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. So she eats and drinks for a living and writes about it. It sounds very glamorous, right, Steph? Everyone always says you have the best job ever. Yeah, it is kind of the best job ever. It can be, but, you know, there are days where, like, sometimes I'd rather have a salad, but instead I'm going to go eat two burgers. Oh, you suffer. You suffer for your art. Let's just be clear that, like, I'm never going to be that, like, you know, girl in a size two pants, but I will be very well fed and happy. Isn't that the truth? I like that idea. I know. I, I, I try to do that nice balance of, like, how can I still be what I want with just being in, like, one to two sizes above where I would ideally be. That's yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, where's that balance? Where on? is it? Okay. So, Stephanie is. What's great about having Stephanie here is that, um, you know, Stephanie is a frequent contributor on Twin Cities Live. She hosts a radio show on the weekends on My Talk 1071, which is just one of the best ones that is available. It's called The Weekly Dish. And I'm fortunate enough to get to fill in guest co host when her co host is gone. So, we talk food and we talk drinks a lot. And this topic, I think, Stephanie, is something that maybe people wouldn't necessarily expect you to talk as much about, but it's something that you're equally passionate about because you are a mother and you're a mother in multiple ways, which I think is so wonderful. Lots of levels. Lots of levels of mothering going on, yes. (laughs) Well, and I think this brings – and let's talk about that. So tell me a little bit about your family structure. You said lots of levels. So I basically – I married into kids. And so when I was 28 years old, I was an instant mother and of three kids who were seven, five, and three. And so it was sort of – or actually there were were eight, six, and four. But, I mean, it was like all of a sudden I had kids every other weekend, and I was like, well, what do we actually do then? Like, do we take them out or do we keep them in? Or where – you know, like, how do we do this? And so I kind of had to figure it out on the fly. But it was really easy because the kids were easy and and fun, and we all had a good time. And so that was was kind of a – but, I mean, it is sort of like admix and stir – and right. then, and then I had my own biological child later in, uh, you know, 16 years ago. And so now, and the funnier part now is like now I'm divorced, but I still my the other kids, my stepkids are still my kids. And so right. we're still this family unit that I'm sort of like the I'm the grand matriarch. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, you are. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you are. And I love that. And I think that's such an interesting mothering perspective because you had 
I mean, it was just you had two experiences that are that are different. And then you were melding them all together, which I just think is so fascinating. And then you have such a great relationship with your own mom, too. I mean, great and complicated as everybody's is. And I'm, oh, I'm, God, trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to figure out. And so bear with me with this. Is marrying into children a way to ease into motherhood or is that a shock to the system? Like, I'm not sure yeah, which I, it is. It's probably a little of both. It is. And stepmothering has its own thing because you there's another usually there's another woman that has right. got a place in the life. And right. then you have to measure yourself against that. And there's often high emotions. And it's definitely there's definitely different situations. And I've had other friends who have kind of entered into the stepmom world and been like, how do you do this? And I'm like, well, there's so many factors that it'll never be the same. Like I could never give you my experience and tell you what to do. But All I can say is if you, and this sounds so corny, but if you just lead with love and you kind of know that as long as you're giving as much love to all the people involved, even the ones who may not want it from you, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I think that's such great advice and so true. And because the thing about stepmothering is that there are boundaries that are in place that simply do not exist when you are mothering your biological child or your adopted child where a birth parent isn't in the picture. I mean, I just, there are no boundaries with my children, clearly with me, with them, and then definitely with them, with me. (laughs) I mean, there are no boundaries. And then when you have stepchildren, there there are other elements to respect there. Yep. Yep. And it is definitely a place where you have to put yourself second for sure, which happens a lot in, you know, parenting. But in a lot of cases, you have to put yourself third and fourth. And that is a thing that I think is a hard thing because you're also then expected to be the mother in times you're usually expected to do that mother thing where you give all of yourself so you're giving all of yourself and yet you're kind of playing fourth fiddle sometimes and that is a hard that takes a strong ego i'll be totally honest with you and that has been a thing that i have learned a little bit more of selflessness and a little bit of understanding of what it means to sort of own your own peace in the place where you are and then exude that and 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 maybe choose that sort of a path. Well, and so impressive. I mean, doing that at 28 is also totally different than doing that yeah. at like 38. I mean, who knows what they're doing at 28? Barely doing anybody. That at, doing that at any time of life sounds tricky and difficult. And it also brings us to what we were going to talk about, which is three words for pre-mom and post-mom. And I think your experience especially makes this an even more interesting discussion because I think one of the things, there's a there's a period of adaptation after you have children because I don't think you can really understand what it will demand of you until it's in front of you. And I think that's true in all of the circumstances that we've just talked about. And so one of the things, and, and, and the other thing that inspired this conversation to me was something that I was watching. I was watching Elizabeth on Twin Cities Live and you were talking about biking to work, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about my life before I had kids. And then how different it is post kids. And this doesn't, I think in a healthy, in a healthy mothering situation, you're not regretting the loss of the old you, but I think you have to look back at that a little bit. Well, there's definitely some grief that's involved with it. I mean, so for me, when I told that story on Twin Cities Live, it was so, it was just so typical. So I biked to work that day. And I was so proud of myself, you guys, because pre-kids, I used to bike to work. I mean, I'm like a proud city dweller. I pay high taxes for a reason. And so I'm a proud city dweller, and I biked to work. And this was the first time before I had kids, I used to bike to work. There was a whole summer before I got married that I biked almost every day. And I loved it. It was workout time. It was me time. It was zen time. 
And so this was the first time that post kids, I was like, I can do this. And the, the, all of the stars aligned where like, I didn't need a car that day for work. I didn't need to do drop off or pick up of my kids. My husband was doing both of those and it was a beautiful day. It was like perfect temperature. And I'm like, <laughs> I can totally make this happen. So I bike yes. to work and it was phenomenal. And I told every single person I saw, that I biked to work that day. I mean, do you think do you, think you annoyed him a little? Bit? I annoyed the universe. Is what happened. I one hundred percent did. And yeah. then I got on my bike, put my helmet on to go home, and I was just like, "This is so awesome! I am crushing it. I am still the person that I once was. I still can prioritize myself." I and I said on the show, I was like, "I've got all the balls in the air, and I've got time to do a little dance." And then, of course, what happened? I fell down. On the ground. My tire on my way home got stuck in a rogue train track and I completely plummeted to the ground in an intersection with cars at every point of the intersection, you guys. Oh my God. You're so lucky you're okay. I was totally okay because I was going very slow and I just bit it. And I just thought in that moment, I just was, here we go again. I can't be that person. And I was joking that every time I try to be the person that I was before I have kids, I either end up with a hangover or crashing to the ground and maybe sometimes (laughs) both. So tell me, so tell me the pre-mom words. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself pre-mom and three words that describe you post-mom? Okay. I'm going, I'm going pre-mom. It was independent. And independent Mm -hmm. was number one. Independent is still something that I like just – when I say the word, it makes me like feel happy because that's how I always want to be. Driven was number two. And then my third word pre-kids is yes because I just said yes to everything. And I could say yes to everything. And I did say yes to everything. And that was totally my pre-mom mentality. Oh, I love that. Okay, Okay. now post-mom. Post-mom, full – prioritized and self-aware. Huh. So full meaning it there's just there's just like a deep-seated fullness and joy and and purpose that I didn't expect and that right. is there. Prioritized because I you know for me it's really become a lot easier to prioritize things. It's just I was saying yes to everything all over the place with no rhyme or reason, and it was running me down. Now with kids, it's just so much easier because for me, I'm like, okay, this is what comes first, and then everything else below it, and then whatever I have to say no to, I just say no to. Kids are like such a great excuse to say no to things. It's fabulous. Everybody understands it. And then self-aware. I think I've become a lot more self-aware as I've had kids. I think I've become a person. I just can understand why I do things better and more quickly come to the understanding of if I – exhibit some sort of bad behavior, which happens, I can go, okay, step back for a minute and figure out where this is coming from. And it's a lot easier for me to do that than it was before I had kids. Now that's interesting because sometimes that gets harder, but that's a good thing because that's a good thing for your family all around. Because I was an old mom, you know, I didn't have a child until I was 33. I could like barely, my second pregnancy was a geriatric pregnancy, (laughs) legit. That's what they wrote on all my paperwork. I need to change the language on that one, honestly. Okay, who wants to go next? Steph, do you want to go next? You go next. Okay, so uh, pre-mom, my three words would be independent. I think there's going to be a theme amongst the three of us. Mm -hmm. Independent, really, really important to me. If if people get into that lane of mine a little bit, I feel very stifled, slightly suffocated. It's so important (laughs) to me. Rootless, I felt rootless. And 
that wasn't always a bad thing because I, I, I felt a little bit like I could be anywhere, move anywhere, do anything. And so that worked as a strength a little bit for me pre-mom. But I think there was probably also a tinge of loneliness in that. So a little bit rootless and then uh, very serious. And I think there's a dash of driven in that, but more just I took everything so, so damn seriously. Like just what was my career going to be? How was I going to succeed? How was I going to do? And that probably too much of that. And then post-mom, I think the word independent is still there, which was probably one of my greatest struggles as a mother is trying to balance that sense of independence, which I needed so desperately with the needs of people that I brought into the world. Yeah. And so that that was a that was a real struggle probably in my 30s. Really really tough for me because I was making some career choices which I think ultimately were really good for my kids but were actually very difficult for me to reconcile. My husband's very different from me. If he makes a decision, he's very much all in. And that was the decision he made, and he's going to live in it. And then he doesn't think about it much after that. Oh, how freeing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. God. Thank you. Is- <laughs> I love That's that reaction. Gift. That's it a is- gift, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not one I have and not one I had in my 30s for sure. Um, no. Post-kids definitely felt grounded. We had been married five years before we had kids. um, But once the kids came, I think something you just said, Elizabeth, was very true for me. It became really easy to prioritize a lot of things. And they gave me a sense of home. And so for that, it was just that that was that was wonderful. I love that. And then I became much more playful. And I think because I did have kids a little bit younger, I really tried so much of what we did together. We did together as friends. And I think we all sort of grew up together. And that has its good points and its bad points, but so much of it was really, really playful. And so I became a lot less serious. So I, I'm always grateful for that as well. How about you, Steph? These words are so fun, Steph. What do you got? I love it. Well, I was thinking about it, and it's sort of like, I mean, for sure, I was the same as the rootless situation where I kind of was searching. I always felt like there was a thing that I was supposed to be doing and not like a thing, but a something, mm-hmm. you know, a part mm-hmm. of something else. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. I don't think that like I and because I did sort of like get the Insta mix kids, I don't think it was like, oh, this is it. But it helped me find sort of it helped me feel more like I was doing something or being a part of something that was sort of bigger than just me I think that was a part of it yeah and that's another word is contracted because I think I was Mm. like in that way that I feel like I was in this small space and I I think about I didn't know what I didn't know and I I kind of and maybe that's only through hindsight I can say that but I kind of feel like I I knew that there was a bigger world I just didn't know how to access it and I was kind of a little bit desperate to access it, thinking that either time was running out or I was missing cues or I was there was something kind of amiss, kind of like flailing through life a little bit. Yeah. I think. yeah. yeah. And then I think I was sharp. I think I was a lot sharper. And that means like to me, not necessarily like smart. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> sharp as in I was just a little bit more extreme in my responses. It was a black or white. Things were if someone did something to me, I sort of was like, well, screw you. And I didn't talk to you. That you know? is, yes. I yeah. love that you're talking about that. I think yeah. that's yeah. so true. And it's easy to be that when you don't have as much gray in your life. Yeah. And it yeah. simplifies and think, things to feel that way. Yeah. And it, it is easier, I think, when you don't have, and I, you know, it's like when you have these humans who you look at them and they're having reactions and you've had to like work through the reactions, as much as you think you're teaching them, you know, it's really informing oh. your own process and really sort of set, sort of 
setting your life in a different path, and you cannot, you can't really know that until there's another human who depends on you to then help them navigate. And I think oh, that's absolutely. what, to me, it was like my extremes were just so set. And then it became like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous. You know, I love so. that you're talking about that because I think that's a really interesting perspective, Steph. A lot of us, I think, look at motherhood as having to be this ultimate selfless act that it, yeah. as soon as you have these children, everything about your life has to be about them. And frankly, I think that that has gotten us into a situation where we have children that we've enabled to yeah. not do anything for themselves and children that believe that they can't do hard things. Because when we look at motherhood as just everything about mothering must be selfless, it's just ridiculous. And you almost miss out on what I think the greatest purpose of being a parent is. I mean, yes, it's super important to raise them, but it's also really important to teach yourself. I mean, it makes, if you're doing it right, it makes you a better person. Well, yeah, I think the, I think the best part of motherhood, to your point, if you're doing it right, it's smoothing out your rough edges. Yes. You know, yeah. and you're opening yourself up to just a new way to love and to see love and to be love. And you you should, you can't help but be a better person if you're doing that. I would say, you know, it's interesting that you use the word sharp. I would definitely say uh, I was quite sharp. Oh, yeah. Me <laughs> so too. So I love yeah. that idea. I was I like, it, oh, this isn't fitting with what I want. See you later. Peace out. Yeah, Not right. interested. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm just going to cut you off. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. So then what, <laughs> what happened as you evolved into a mother, into all the ways that you evolved into a mother stuff? What were your three words? So I would say, obviously, to to counteract the, I mean, expanding, kind of yeah. having, and that kind of goes along with, like, understanding bigger picture things and seeing things in different perspectives that were sort of added to your my vision. And I was sort of like, wow, there's, there's more out there, even if I'm not getting it, even if I'm not seeing it. Like, I know I... Like the, my my, it's almost like the veil was lifted a little mm. bit on the world. And then I think about generosity, and I think that I have become a much more generous person. And I think I've always been someone who gives of herself, but giving in different ways that maybe are, and really not only just giving, but really making it a priority for the people in my life to also be generous. Yeah. To really, and maybe that's that whole thing of modeling. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not just about me teaching you. It's about me being that person, and then showing you how to do it and then you know helping you be that in the world Mm -hmm. and that and that's the thing that I never thought I never thought about I never thought about how are we all going to interact with the rest of the humans on the planet until I had little humans that I was like oh you you got to go out there (laughs) you got to do that so let's do that well and so that was a big piece and then the last thing I was and this is the truth too and I remember this but it's weary (laughs) and I am much more weary and in terms of I I think that I, I think about my kids all the time, and we have kids who are in their 20s. I'm not worried about them. I don't, like, yeah. sit and worry that they're going to make bad choices or that things are going to go wrong in their life. But I, they're always in my they're always in my thoughts, you know, and they're kind of – I'm always just sort of aware of the world that they're going through and all the things. And they're as adults. They're still my kids, and I'm still – I still, I get, I'm still like thinking of them all the time and I I see them as humans in the world and I still feel like I should have some sort of an impact on them. And so that's the thing where I'm, I'm kind of in that right now, I think right now. Yeah. And weary is a good word for that. It's the responsibility doesn't end when they reach 18. It just gets different and in some ways bigger because you're seeing all of the raising that you've done, all of the modeling that you've done, it's living out in the world and 
its full fruition. And so that's like, whoa, yeah. look at that. Here okay. we go. It's proof. Like yeah. the proof is out yeah. there and it may not be working the way that you want it to, <laughs> yeah. but you can't do anything about it because you just have to let it keep proving. Well, and yeah. you have yeah. to, you, yeah. you watch them and you know that you just have so much less control. I mean, this is what I think yeah. about and, and you know, my perspective different because I have a four and an almost two year old at home where I control virtually everything about their life. You know, I mean, they have their own little life, but I choose where they go for childcare. I choose all of these things about them and there is something really wonderful about that because I just don't have to worry about a lot of those things. My mom says that she can tell based on the tone of our voices and she every time she answers the phone of our us calling. I mean she's always happy when we're calling. But she says if she hears Mom she Mm, knows. Yeah. Yeah. If one of us says and you know I'm one of three girls And we all have now two of us have children. All three of us are married. And so we all have like a different dynamic. And it's mom. Then she knows right then she goes into mama bear mode. And it is what can I do? What do I have to do? And and Steph, it is your post about your mom. That inspired this conversation, and I, I we teased it at the beginning. And if if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to read it. Yeah, I would love it if you would. Okay, it's this is this is what inspired all of this all of this thinking about who we were before we were mothers and who we are after we're mothers. Because I think sometimes it's good to look to your own mom and think about the life that she had before she had you. And I think it makes us appreciate our mothers all the more. And Stephanie, you are a beautiful writer, so thank you for these words. So this was Steph's Instagram post. Now, I wish I wish I could describe the picture in great detail, but Steph, you do a pretty <laughs> good job of it. But it's your mom at how old? Uh, we think that she was probably six or seven. Okay, so just it's a black and white photo of Steph's mom at about six or seven. And these are the words. Do you see that girl, the one staring straight into the camera with a defiant smirk, that one, living in post-war barracks with a gaggle of other refugees. Why does she seem to be regarding you with a confident mirth? Certainly, she has little reason. She has no idea of what's ahead of her, a crossing of an ocean that will test her will and leave her with a cagey ability to measure a room, years of joy working toward excellence with numbers and words, a stupid marriage, a second life as a CFO, and the moment belting out high and clear notes in various church choirs which make her grandkids giggle and her God offer a crisp high five. That girl, that look, was at my table for dinner tonight. Happy birthday, Mom. I follow only you. Oh, stuff. So beautiful. I've read it a hundred times, and it makes me cry every time. <laughs> so the, Well, the wonderful thing about Stephanie as a writer, I mean, and this this is a bit of an aside, but Steph, you have a way of weaving words together and then hitting us with a punch of just like a humble word. In the midst of your kind of more colorful writing. I just love that about it. I think it's so refreshing. It just like feels like you're a great writer with a ton of humility and and relatability. And that's what we love about you. I mean, that's why you're so great when you write about food. And it's so great when you write about anything, really. Life. Well, I've made my son's. I've made my sons read it. I've made everybody read it because I just <laughs> I, I just love that you it's such a beautiful nod to motherhood and to your mother and to living these long interesting complicated lives that I think for whenever children can appreciate what their parents have been through and it just makes for a stronger relationship and I think it's beautiful. Well, and and thank you. And I and I you know the she's so 
she is so part of my she's my best friend and so that's one of those things where like i've never not had her wit and her verve in my life and so but i've also taken it for granted and i know that now and so when i think about who she was and specifically of course her situation was one of that is sort of incomparable in that she had to go through the war and uh, in germany and then Mm. had to come to america Mm -hmm. and then figure out what that meant for her and i think the funny thing is is we're on the couch two days ago and we were talking about my own kid who has got some school struggles and stuff the 16 year old and he's and I, she was like and I was telling her what I was doing what my game plan was and she said you know you're a really good mom and she's like I really she's like I see you doing this and I'm impressed and I said thank you and I'm like but you know what's so funny I was thinking that I was thinking about you and how I was in high school and I was not that far from the way he's acting now in just in some school things yeah and I thought she didn't have we we laughed about this, but she didn't have the American experience as a kid, so she couldn't relate back to that. Mm-hmm. Where I can yeah. relate back to myself in high school and think this is, and sort of think about it, she didn't. She was waiting in bread lines as a child for oh. food while her three other sisters were at home alone and they were worried about a bomb dropping. That's not a thing that you can then say, oh, wow, how was your study habits? You know, like, how was it crossing the ocean and having only potato peels and water to eat? Those are things that informed her life that didn't inform mine. But, like, I became so very curious about all that in my early adulthood when I had my own kids. And I was trying to relate things to them. And I think that curiosity about who she was and how it formed who she was, and then how, and specifically, I will say that the fact that my mother has gone through what she has, and she is still, like, a human who sits and laughs like crazy at my dinner table (laughs) and has the biggest cackle, and you know, that you've ever heard in this high-pitched thing is... Is all it does is make me so grateful for my for my gene pool. So there you go. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful, Steph. It's just really great, and I think that's the point of this conversation. Is really a lot of us are experiencing motherhood in whatever way you are experiencing it. And if you're a yeah. mother of you know, uh, if if it's not of children, of it's of something because we are all looking to care for something else and mother that. And I think this conversation, as it relates back to being best to the nest is so much of motherhood is happening in our homes. And so much of what we bring into our home is what we saw in our previous home as we, when we were children. And so if we can take a look, like, I just think that three words exercise, Marjorie, that was so brilliant to come up with, because if you can do that with your friends or talk back to us as you're listening to our podcast, we want to hear too, what your three words are pre-mom and post-mom helps you examine who those were and you can find things that are good and bad about both and it makes you feel a little bit more balanced and then when you take that one step further and start to look at that if you are fortunate enough to have your own mother with you and have a relationship where you want to talk to her about that talking about that with her too helps to give you a perspective that is important in terms of understanding that we're not at the center of the universe. It takes a lot of pressure off your life if you're not always thinking that the most important thing is you, right? I mean, it's true. And I think it's always a wonderful exercise to do what you just talked about, both of you have talked about, in examining those words for yourself. It allows you to look. For me, that post, Stephanie, made me think about my own mom who's in her 80s. I know I don't have a ton of time left with her, And to really keep talking about who she was before me. 
because that's a whole different, interesting, wonderful, fascinating person that I want to know. I want to know that person, too, and I want my sons to know that person because it's pretty cool. Yeah. So thank you for the inspiration. Oh, absolutely. Stephanie, we love you. We adore you. You're so great. Thank you so much. And you can always um, read more from Stephanie on Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine's website. You can subscribe to the magazine and then listen to her on the Weekly Dish, too. And sometimes me when I invite myself to show up. <laughs> Yay! Hey, need a guest co-host? I'm around. I'll be here. Stephanie, thank you so much. We adore you. you. And listen, if you are thank enjoying you. this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, maybe you can give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. This is from Sarah in Southwest Minneapolis. She said, this morning was rough, getting my three kids out the door and myself to work. Truth, every morning is rough. <laughs> I realized Tuesday and actually thought, oh, thank God, there's a new best to the nest to listen to. Sarah. I love that. Thank you, Sarah. We get it. And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Bye, darling. Goodbye, love. <laughs> <laughs>